Hey everyone, welcome to the Field and Garden Podcast. I'm Jesse from the Gardener's Workshop. Today's episode features a takeover of our popular weekly live Q&A session on Instagram called Ask a Flower Farmer. This episode was guest hosted by Amelia Ilo. Amelia is a flower farmer based in rural New Hampshire and also the owner of the Rooted Farmers online flower selling platform. She's one of our course instructors here at the Gardener's Workshop as well. In this Q&A, Amelia fielded questions about selling to florists, different pricing models, and selling through collectives. So please have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. First, a word about the Field and Garden Podcast. The Field and Garden Podcast is a part of the Gardener's Workshop. The Gardener's Workshop has been telling the stories and how-tos of growing, selling, and helping others to pursue their flower-growing dreams for over 25 years. What began as one gardening enthusiast sharing her passion has grown into so much more. Over at thegardenersworkshop.com, find in print, with our blogs and books and through our podcasts and videos and courses. And we have a shop full of the same tools, seeds, and supplies that you hear mentioned on our podcast. You can connect with all of these resources over at thegardenersworkshop.com. I hope you'll take some time to explore all we have for you. Welcome to the Field and Garden Podcast. Hello, my name is Amelia Ilo. I run Rooted Farmers and also run a farm here in New Hampshire. We still are under uh, quite a bit of snow. You can see out, out the, uh, the door here in our, uh, our tunnel. Um, we're, we're in zone 4B, but uh, having some pretty warm days right now. <laughs> um, so our, our snow is melting pretty quickly. Um, but we run a farm here. Uh, we're kind of in the central New Hampshire, right on the Vermont uh, border region. Um, I also run uh, a collective and we sell down into the greater Boston area um, and obviously also run Rooted Farmers, um, which is uh, a platform. Uh, 3A, hello. We can see we can see your comments here. Um, so uh, also under snow, I assume there in 3A. Um, so, so we run Rooted Farmers. Um, we are uh, a platform for, for buying and selling locally grown flowers. Um, we work with small and mid-sized farms across the country. Um, we started Rooted in, in 2019. We, uh, we really kind of got our start trying to solve our own problem for our, our farm and our collective here, um, trying to sell aggregated product to um, lots, of, lots of aggregated buyers and how do we manage that in a scalable way. Um, and so, so that was kind of our, our origin story. Um, we have uh, been really excited to see all of the momentum in, in the kind of local local flowers space um, over the years, and um, and it's driven, you know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of growth both for us and and the industry. Um, and so we're now at a place where we're working with uh, thousands of members across the country and. Um, and uh, are really excited to, to be here today and, and to kind of uh, answer questions and, and try to help add a little bit of uh, color to selling, uh, selling wholesale and, and to florists and designers and um, starting a collective. We've got um, 
Yeah, so so we've got a couple members of our team. Andrea and Carla are here. Um, they are joined in in uh, the comments here, and they're going to be helping to sort of uh, curate some questions. We do have a lot of questions already um, that have come in. We've posted on stories, and um, and so we've got a, a good starting point. So I'll just jump right in. Willow Hill Florals asked, how much debt is normal debt? So farm finances are fair game here. Happy to talk through it. Um, we, we are not the authority on all things, but happy to have a conversation there. Um, so how much debt is normal debt? It seems like a lot of farms start with loans. Um, I'm not a huge advocate for starting with loans. I think, you know, when you're, when you're just getting started, there are so many things that you have to learn debt can really add a huge amount of pressure to you and to your decision making and your business. Um, and so if you're taking on a lot of debt, you're going to be motivated to, um, you know, potentially grow in directions that don't feel uh, like they're really sustainable or healthy for you, for your business. Um, so I would just say really be careful with that. Our farm never took on debt for that. Um, it is why a lot of farms, you know, 80% of small farms in the U.S. are, are sustained by off-farm income. That's that's a conversation for another time, but but it is part of why is you know trying to um, trying to support your farm just through debt um, and really get off the ground. Um, that's a really tough way to start. So it's not something I would uh, I'd really encourage you to um, to go down that path. We've got another question from uh, Hanny Beth asking about kind of two questions here, asking about what are florists looking for flowers, standard stem size, leaves, no leaves, etc., cetera, um, and how to find pricing averages or how to price your flowers. Pricing is like a giant topic um, and we will talk a little bit about it, but I think, you know, that's, it, I will just start by saying there's, it's not an exact science. There's no like one right answer to pricing. Um, it is really tough. It's really tough to get it right. And to, you know, it's, it's an evolution. It's not going to be the same from one season to the next. And it could change from one month to next. You know, if you're um, the only one who's selling peonies in your region, you know, this is, we've got a row of peonies in our tunnel here. So we come on a few weeks early. Um, if you're the only one selling peonies and you're the only place to get it, you can get away with a little bit higher price than your neighbors might. Um, I will say, uh, as a general rule, you should be pricing it by the stem, but making sure you're selling it by the bunch. Um, you want to keep in mind that you are trying to make the math really easy for your buyers. Um, this is how we list product. This is how we sell it on Rooted. This is how all of our growers and, and collective sell product is pricing by the stem. So it's really clear what is the price. Um, and we sell by the bunch. Growers... Um, Growers can tend to to bunch things in in what feels like it makes sense um, and uh, to to growers, but that can be really tough math for a designer to do really quickly. So you got to remember they're trying to price for recipes. So doing five and ten stem bunches is really simple for them. Um, but if you are if some of your flowers are sold in like seven stem bunches or 13 stem bunches or next week it's 15 stem bunches and they have to constantly be revisiting you know the more friction you add to that buying relationship or or how long it takes them to make a decision the harder it is so i would say just stick to pricing pricing by the stem and and standardize your bunch sizes so that so that it's really easy for them to to make a really um, quick decision there. 
as a as a very general rule, your stem length is probably the single biggest driver to your pricing. So the longer a stem is, um, the easier uh, it's going to be for that to be a versatile product. So they can use it. If you think about the end use case, you know, if it's if it's only ever going to go into a boutonniere, you can't put it into a great big bouquet. Um, so so the longer the stem, the more versatile that stem is for the designer to use in lots of different types of arrangements. So typically, the longer the stem, uh, the the more the higher you can price that product. Um, I really think, you know, having conversations with your buyers is going to be your best bet. Um, I think also take a look at this book. So this is this is our reference book. You can see all my post-its and everything in here. Um, this is going to be really helpful for you to get, get a sense of harvest stage, which is also a huge driver of pricing for you. Um, so, so understanding, you know, if you're selling things that are past and they're only going to hold for um, you know, you've you've cut it when it's pollinated, for example, and it's and it's not supposed to be cut pollinated, um, and it's only going to hold for a couple of days. Um, if they're getting that product from you on a Wednesday, and they're intending to use it on Saturday, but you've cut it at a place where it's actually not going to last past Friday, that's useless to them. They're not able to use that, and and so for them, they've now paid for something that they can't use. So they have to they have to build that into their um, pricing, which is really frustrating for them. And it could end up meaning that they just don't come back to you. So, um, so keep that in mind. Look at, look at this book. You know, I think this is a, this is a great example. It's going to tell you for pretty much anything you're growing, um, you know, stage of harvest, when should you be cutting things when, you know, you've got harvest the flowers when they're a third to half of the flowers are open. I'm looking at snapdragons right now. Um, I would, I would say, get that book. It's really worth it. It's helpful for you. If you've never sold wholesale before, um, that's probably your greatest resource at understanding how do I cut for these designers like what are they expecting um, so we I would I would highly highly recommend that we have a few other questions here I've printed them out uh, let's see Bloman farm is asking what is the typical difference in wholesale versus retail versus grocery store pricing for the same flower that's an interesting question so you know I think we think about pricing product per channel depending on the type of uh, the type of product it is. So if you're trying to sell straight bunches to a grocery store, that's not the sort of thing that universally will be interesting or helpful or useful to a grocery store. Um, some grocery stores it will, but but it could be that they're really looking for bouquets. Um, and so if you're if you're selling a different product to them, um, you know, I think it's it's just being aware of that. A lot of florists aren't going to want your market bouquets. Um, so you kind of think about the, the product type by channel. So um, we do a fair amount of work with Whole Foods um, and we sell bouquets. They happen to, you know, some, some grocery stores actually do weddings and events and things like that. And in that case, they might be interested in your straight bunches. Um, we actually don't price differently on our straight bunches at all. So if you are a grocery store and you'd like to buy our straight bunches, we're going to sell you at the same price that we would to any of our florists. Um, and so we don't differentiate straight bunch pricing. Um, we do offer bouquets to them and we wouldn't offer those to our florists and designers because we're really looking at that grocery channel as kind of being um, a place, you know, essentially for overflow. So what is the product that 
um, we didn't sell to our florists and our event designers and how do we um, package that up into something that is interesting and useful and appealing to the grocery store buyer who just is a different customer it's just a it's just a completely different customer segment the person who's walking into the grocery store to buy a bouquet of flowers a market bouquet is not the same person who typically is walking into an event designer and trying to you know plan for their wedding um, and so so we differentiate the products and the pricing we so we don't differentiate uh, pricing on cut flower bunch so like straight bunches so bunches of fives and tens of things that we're gonna sell to designers that's gonna be the same price to grocery versus um, wholesale retail uh, florists um, retail you know I think um, we look at uh, a little bit differently so for the market bouquets, we're gonna double that pricing for retail. So we'll sell it at about 50% of what we would retail um, to the grocery store. So our price to Whole Foods is gonna be about half of what we would um, price it if we were selling it direct to a consumer. Um, when we're looking at DIY brides, you know, I think those tend to be more in, in bulk buckets um, and we're still gonna mark those up. So, if, you know, florists like bulk buckets of foliage and bulk buckets of dahlias and, and they will use things like that if you're thinking about like color families, so like here's a blush bucket or a whites bucket. Um, we will still mark that up to DIY uh, brides, to retail customers. Um, your retail customers should not be paying the same price that your florists are paying. They just shouldn't. Um, what markup makes sense, um, you know, I think it, it depends on the product again. So if it's straight bunches, it could be 20 to 30% markup. Um, if it's bouquets, again, it's going to be a double. It's going to be a hundred percent. So um, really depends on the product uh, there. Um, but but hopefully that's helpful context. Um, what is the book called? I think the name of the book was answered in the comments. So um, but it is specialty cut flowers and it's the ASCFG book. Judy Lauschman wrote it um, with Alan Armitage and um, and it's and it's great. Um, it. I think it did go out of print at one point. I don't know if it's back in, um, but but uh, would just say take take a look. Um, try to Google that. Um, we got it online years ago, but but I would I would try to buy buy a copy of that if you can. Would you recommend Union Mills flowers? Would you recommend if looking to sell to a florist, bringing them a sample bucket of flowers for them to play with? Absolutely, yes, a hundred percent. Uh, that is the best way if you really think about what their what is their worry when they're bringing on a new supplier well it's that your stuff doesn't work well for them right like um, you know maybe it won't last maybe they need to vase test it and even our designers who we work with and have worked with will say you know if they're if they are buying something new from us that they have not worked with before they're gonna pull some of it and just vase test it themselves and leave it on their counter so they can watch it um, and it's not it's it's just because they they want to see how it behaves how it ages they want to understand what it um, what it works like and so yes a hundred percent samples are, are, are a great way for you to kind of build your business great question let's see how would you approach a grocery store with the idea um, the idea of selling just call them you just call them and talk to them. Um, typically, the buyer for flowers um, either is their own buyer, so so floral department can have their own buyer, or um, they work underneath the produce arm of the grocery store. Um, so uh, so I would just call and talk to them and say, hey. I know I'm cold calling you. I have a question. Don't expect them to um, always answer it. Sometimes you got to call them like 
five times, six times, 10 times, um, and just be a squeaky wheel, be polite and kind, but, um, but, uh, they're busy too. And so just recognizing they're not always going to answer. Um, and you need to follow up there. Um, golden cut flower farm. If my peonies get mildew and brown spots after they bloom, are they still safe to sell? No. No, they are not still safe to sell. Um, you, Your product quality is what you're putting out there. And so if you are selling something that you know is compromised, um, that's that's just not a great practice. And um, it doesn't represent you well. It doesn't represent other farms well. Um, so I would say definitely no, don't sell it if it's if it's really compromised, if you've got ground, brown spots. You know, sometimes you, you can end up harvesting and and some of the the um leaves on the on the plant will not look happy just pull them off that's okay um but if you if your blooms actually have mildew and brown spots all over them i no i would not sell those i just started my first seed set and they grew mold on the seeds are they doomed um i would say i'm not going to be your best resource on that i know lisa has tons of resources and and classes on seed starting um so i would just head over to the to the gardener's workshop website and and look at some of those classes and and resources because i think um she's much more the authority on on seed starting and um and troubleshooting there than i'm than i'm gonna be Dog Rose Acres has asked, I've found wholesale priceless online. Should I anchor my prices on this and then add 20%? Um, I, I would be careful about wholesale priceless. Um, I think uh, you're your products are not always going to be the same as what you find on those wholesale price lists. You may not be looking at apples to apples for one. Um, I, I think also we, we tend to see very different shrink rates. So the shrink rate um, uh, from a an imported bunch of flowers is different from the shrink rate. That That's basically of 10 stems, what percentage of those stems can the florist just not use? And that shrink rate is, it's very dependent on what is the, what is the flower, but um, you know, for something like dahlias can be pretty high. So it can be 30% or 40% or 50% or of the bunch is unusable with something like dahlias specifically, because they're not meant to ship out of water. They're not meant to ship, you know, they're, they're open when, when they're put in these cardboard boxes and they're getting dinged up. So, um, you know, it is, it depends on the product. Um, but, but typically the percentage of the blooms that you can that a florist can use from us from local growers is going to be much higher than the percentage of the blooms that they can use on some of those other products and and especially comparable alternatives right that they're getting through their wholesaler i also am going to say anchoring like just just a blanket 20% across the board is not always going to make sense um, it, it might sometimes, but it, but it may not. Again, it's not an exact science pricing, um, pricing your product. I think it's recognizing that there are a lot of variables. Um, your stem length may not be the same as somebody else's stem length. Your bloom size may not be the same. Um, you know, if you're selling things like Lysianthus and it's a spray, you know, the price for, for a single stem that just has one branch or two branches is not going to be the same as something if you've got like five branches. Those are not equivalent products. And so it's really important to recognize um, that they are, that they aren't, they, and they shouldn't be priced the same way. And it's okay to have a few different pricing tiers almost, like tranches of pricing. So, you know, what are your, what are your premium cuts? What are your standard cuts? What are your kind of short or 
like um, uh, just sort of like seconds almost um, and and think about what those different pricing tiers might look like for you um, they still we, we just did a podcast actually with um, with Scott Shepard and um, so you can go check that out but we did a, a two-part there um, talking about pricing product and and trying to um, really understand you know there's still value so let's say anemones it's spring let's let's talk about anemones you know your first cuts there are gonna be really short they still have value but they're they're just not going to be priced the same as your second cut. So as that stem length is, you know, kind of lengthens and you've got, you know, like six inch stems are not the same product as 12 inch stems on the same flower. Um, you can use them. They still have value, but they shouldn't be priced the same. And that's OK. That's your florists are going to be happy with that um, understanding that, you know, there's. There are different price points for different products. They'll actually feel really good about that typically because they're going to feel like, yep, I'm paying less for these, which, you know, they might throw into a boutonniere or something, something that's shorter. Um, and I'm paying more for these. And then I can sort of split what do I need for which type of um, for which type of product that uh, that I'm creating and, and what makes sense there. What would you say, Dahlia Sutliff, 97, says, what would you say is a good sample size? Um, depends on the florist. Um, I think, you know, it also depends on what you have. I, I try not to be stingy. And this is even like throughout the season, we're typically adding um, to our bunches. Okay, welcome back. I hope you found some useful tips there. So I've included some links in the show notes to topics that were mentioned, including a link to the page on our website where you can check out Amelia's on-demand mini workshop called Collectives 101. I also included a link to the Gardener's Workshop Instagram account, where these live Q&As take place every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. These Q&As are normally hosted by Lisa Mason Ziegler, but we do have guest takeovers such as this one periodically as well. So I encourage you to check it out. If you like what you're hearing here on the Field and Garden podcast, we'd love it if you'd tell a friend about us and leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. So that's it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Jesse from the Gardener's Workshop, and I hope you have a great day. 